planet killing space rock isn't gonna blow itself up. Looks like I'm gonna have to make the ultimate sacrifice to save all of mankind so I can explode this son of a bitch to kingdom come. Daddy, no! If you die, I won't have anyone's career to latch onto! Don't worry, baby. You've found a new boyfriend now. And despite our initial differences, I find him to be an exceptional replacement for me so that your daddy issues can grow and blossom. Just like this 10-ton nuke I brought here. Sayonara! Did you get that from the North Koreans? Well, god damn it. We hope you enjoyed this special presentation of Armageddon. It's now 4.34 in the afternoon, and next up, the Twilight Zone. Imagine a door floating through space. You have a key for it. Beyond the door lies another dimension. A dimension of sound and wonder. A dimension where the rules of reality can bend and change. You just crossed over into the Twilight Zone. I'm sure excited about our day tonight. Where are we going? It's this new restaurant called Something's Fishy here. Wow. I'd say steer clear of the salmon, Nella. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Something's Fishy here. What can we get you to tonight? I'll have the fish and chips and she'll have the grilled trout. He said with male dominance. Can I also get you the right to vote, miss? (laughs) I kid. I'll be back with your order, folks. Try not to set women's rights back 50 years while I'm gone. Oh, that's a fun one. What a giant douchebag. Who the hell does he think he is? Forget about him. Look around. Did you notice anything odd about the other patrons? Well, no. They all seem to be... Now wait. Hold on. They're all giant fish! Exactly. Now what kind of a seafood restaurant is the hottest spot for the local fish community? I think there's more to this place than meets the eye. Alright, you repressive dolts, here's your order. For the rapist, here's your fish and chips. And grilled trout for Phyllis Schlafly. Who is Phyllis Schlafly? Hashtag look it up, you hypocrite. Ignore him. We've got bigger problems. What is it? Is there hair in your food? Worse than that. This isn't fish and chips. It's a human arm. And your trout is actually a severed head. Oh my god, Henry! I almost bit right into it! Look around! The fish are all eating people! The food is people! We've got to get out of here before we end up on the menu. You'll be Ribs a la Debbie, and I'll be Frank Pizza. But your name is Frank Pizza. You'll actually be Frank Pizza Pizza. Hey, Pizza Pizza. These people have found themselves in the midst of a mystery, wrapped in a quandary, and served up on a plate with butter and lemon. Someday you'll find yourself in a similar situation. Maybe your boss turns out to be a milk cow, or your dog is actually the president. Whatever it may be, when the time comes, you will know you're inside the Twilight Zone. Sneaker Madness, the podcast about 
movies that are bad from movie lovers who are definitely bad who are bad Lovers of movies. Bad. Bad. <laughs> People who like pizzas. People who say sentences that are bad. Uh, I'm your host, Justin. Once again, with me in Stinker Studio A are Samuel and Jackuel. How are you guys? Everything aces? Good? Hey, well, it's spades, really. Do you still have health care? Probably not. No, that's why I've been trying to, like, gain the powers of the popular streaming series Iron Fist. Ooh! <laughs> Yeah. Oh, how's One, that going to help with the healthcare? Well, I can heal myself. Oh, that's good. And two, I can really punch somebody hard about once a week. Ooh, I would, I would not heal myself, and I would go into the doctor's office and be like, uh, "Doctor, my liver is here. It's in my hand. Yeah. Uh, can you help me?" And he would be like, "Yes, I can help you." And then you punch him real hard, and then you put your liver back and heal. You see, I think you, that we, makes no sense. It's yeah. just an excuse to punch doctors, Jackie. Sure. I think week one, you got to combine the powers of Iron Fist with Marvin Gaye and give yourself some sexual healing. (laughs) Warm, friendly stranger. Uh Then, of course, because of the draining nature of the Iron Fist, you'll have to take a nap for a week. (laughs) And then you wake up and get to business. Uh, That's preposterous. Uh, Speaking of preposterous, let's get into some streaming do's and don'ts. Do. Okay. Well, I hope you're correct. Uh, first up, Sam and I watched this in tribute to Bill Paxton, the day he died, actually. Uh, it's on Netflix. It also stars Larry Fishburne, and it's called The Colony from 2012, I believe. Yes. Frozen world, post-apocalyptic frozen ice ball world, uh, minimal people. This thing is just shitty, non-moving Snowpiercer. Yeah. Yes, yeah, right, right. It's the same world that Snowpiercer takes place in, except for no train. They all live underground in, like, a uh, bomb shelter type thing. Big bomb shelters, like underground video game warehouses. There's oh, so, like, what Hitler built under... Um, yeah, something like it, like like a, a bunker that can store... A town. Like, like 500 people or something. Hmm, okay. Yeah. Uh, power goes out, I think, and they got to go to another place to get more power? No, they get a transmission. Okay. From the other bunker, bunker uh-huh. that's a distress call, so three of them go. Okay. Meanwhile, they're all already sowing the seeds of their own destruction mm-hmm. by being. They're starting to really sort of just kill anybody that gets a cold. And they're and they're they've had it with with the establishment. Management hasn't saved them, uh, so they're starting to. But meanwhile, there's only like twelve of them, so it's like we need to have a meeting against management. Well, I am management. Okay. <laughs> I don't like you. That's I don't like meeting. you either. Okay, good meeting. The Bob keeps shooting people. There's also zombies. Sort of. They're not. They're feral humans. They're I am legend version of zombies. They're not the the uh, George A. Romero version sure. of zombies. But they're the same villain as zombies, basically, except for they can run fast. They're, well... The problem is, is that they're written as feral humans, but they're mm. turned into fast the current cinematic fast zombie. Right. Ugh, I hate is, the cinematic you know, fast so, zombie. Yes. No, it stinks. I've had enough of it. Yeah. I've had enough of the zombie, period. But, sure. Uh, and then, so they, like, they're in a race. They get to the place. It's not what they wanted to find. And now they're in a race to get back to shelter 
while they're being chased by fast cannibalistic zombie people. Pretty much. Uh, I didn't like this. No, it sucked. Uh, I thought it was very, at that time, sci-fi channel movie-esque. Um, not as stupid. Not not like one of their more mainstream, we really thought about this type jobbers. Not one that's made by the Asylum. Yes. Uh, or for comic, comedic goofiness like fucking Sharknado or something stupid like that. Or, yeah, any of the Corwin sci-fi movies like Sharktopus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it just wasn't interesting and fairly generic and god i've seen this movie fifty thousand times now well the problem is is it's a setup from uh, a perplexing moral tale this is not perplexing morally at all because you add fast zombies you give everyone a common enemy right the common enemy is the goddamn environment correct the movie is supposed to be man against environment but then you lump in that the environment is also fast zombies correct when they're not even fucking fast zombies yeah now, this thing was a pile, and it makes, beyond that, like, main sin that I just said, it then takes Lawrence Fishburne and Bill Paxton, these guys aren't on a day rate, mm -hmm. they're there long enough as anybody else, and then just doesn't use them Doesn't enough. use them. You paid the assholes, you have a movie here, you just didn't make it. Not to mention, like, Bill Paxton's character could have been played by anybody. Sure. He was as milk toast as characters could go. I'm thinking, like, uh, uh, like even, like, Christian Slater or Steven Dorff or just, like, one of those short, generic guys that have zero personality. Sure. Uh, they would have done better. Yeah, but Bill Paxton just, like, he never is anything more than bleh. he's not allowed to be the pax right and that sucks oh it does fishburn wasn't allowed to be larry fishburn no yeah no botch job uh if you're gonna do this spend a lot less money yeah and still shit out a bad movie just watch snow if you've seen snowpiercer just watch it again and skip this yeah mm, so my first premonition was not right okay no. moving on <laughs> I'm, I'm practicing my psychic abilities here next up on amazon prime America's treasure, Tom Hanks, in Mazes and Monsters. Wait, it's got Tom Hanks? Tom Hanks' first lead role. I'm going to go with a do. Okay. You, didn't I'm, you? We watched this. Yes, she, I know, but I walked out on it. It was tough. <laughs> it was a little tough. Uh, very slow beginning. Uh, but man, did it fucking pay itself off oh, in the end. <laughs> fuck, dude. Going pardo. So I found out this shit is still reaching, like the, the fucking fake, the fakeness of Dungeons and okay, Dragons. Well, let's set this up. This is a TV movie. Uh, it's a cautionary tale of the dangers of role-playing games, not Final Fantasy or any of the games that are role, R-O-L-L -L playing games. This is the dangers of you playing a role in a board game. The movie. Specifically Dungeons and Dragons. Specifically Dungeons and Dragons. And that you might go rogue and be a bad person if you do this. This is one of the most bizarre, like, cautionary tales. Because with Reefer Madness, you are you turn into a, a fiend. You've got semen, crusted pants, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. fingernails. You're raping and killing and... This is like, oh, if you play Dungeons and Dragons, you'll get stuck in character? You... What? You will get stuck in character. There's no other what? way to put it. You will become your level 14 wizard. 
that's all you will see you when you go to your work and you're sorting mail for the trying to put them in the tubes that shoot up into the the top floor hey look at this big check i've got up here on the top floor uh you will instead just wave your magic staff at the mail and it won't go shooting up the tube but somebody will put it in the tube and then you'll wave your magic staff and be like you'll get further reinforced in your own fantasy sure magic what wizardry is this (laughs) and that's what will happen yeah if you play dungeons and dragons it doesn't matter who you are uh that's the end result for all of the children's we need to lock this shit down tipper gore's calling congress as we speak and it's like fuck satanic Def Leppard music. Yes. Because she thinks the Def Leppard's satanic. Exactly. Uh, not super gay. Not super gay. <laughs> <laughs> um, she will call Congress and they will put together a fucking hearing committee and bring in uh, Zordon, level 26 paladin. <laughs> I call to the... Your Honor, I call to the testify Pardo. <laughs> Pardo. We must bring in Pardo. <laughs> Fuck you. Are There's you kidding me? A point at the beginning of the movie where you feel like they're trying to say that this sort of fantasy world is going to push somebody who's suicidal over the edge, mm-hmm. but it doesn't go there. No. It ends up saying that like the biggest danger is that you will become stuck in character. Stuck. <laughs> and you will start having acid flashes of monsters chasing you. Right. Like you're fucking General Zod stuck in the weird zone, the mirror flying the phantom zone the phantom zone and you're just banging on the walls like let me out but pardu will not let you out of your fucking role no i'm pardu now (laughs) like you're fucking like uh uh danny with his fucking stupid finger in the shining like yeah where's danny danny's not here right now mrs torrance instead you've got pardu (laughs) i believe there's adventure out in those woods (laughs) oh Oh, danger! Jesus Christ! <laughs> I have never seen such a social ill. It used to be the drugs. Now it's this Dungeons and Dragons. It is fucking stupid. Now, isn't there like a real life story behind this dumb there, movie? So there was a kid who had at one point played Dungeons and Dragons that tried to kill himself in the Michigan State University steam tunnels or something like that. Okay. And then they found him a couple weeks later. And he was fine. So he wasn't in the steam tunnels. No, and then so this lady writes the book anyway on falsehoods. And then the justification why it's true was then later quoted from the book made of falsehoods. So it's a circular argument. Of nothing. Of nothing. Hmm, Dumb. And to this day, I found out from a guy that used to be in prison that's one of my neighbors. Uh Uh-huh. He's like, Dungeons and Dragons will get you two weeks in the hole in prison. What the fuck? Yeah. Are you fucking kidding me? No, it's because still. Because you'll go Pardue? Yeah. Oh my God damn it. So there's still a lot of places that really still think that Dungeons and Dragons now, is fucking dangerous. If you are. Not dorky. Dangerous. If you are in for murder or arson or uh say domestic violence or you're a fucking heroin producer or something and you're in fucking prison and the guards are standing around and like dude we're in here with a bunch of fucking maniacs wouldn't you kind of want them to go pardue 
I guess. I like, mean, I don't know. They're just bouncing around like, ha ah, lightning bolt, lightning bolt. <laughs> yeah. That's so much safer than let's kill the guards. <laughs> yeah. so, it sounds like it. <laughs> really, anything to occupy their damn time that's leaving you alone. Right. And not escaping. Go for that's it. That's what we should do with the prison system. I'm going prison reform on the Go Pardu platform. Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> how long does the game of checkers take? 10 minutes. How long does the game of this take? Two hours. How long is dungeon? You just keep playing it. it forever. So they're just going to keep playing this and leave me alone. Yup. Why are we giving amazing. people two weeks in the hole for this? Jesus Christ. We've been fucking putting lethal injection in these bastards. And all it took was them going Pardue. Yeah. Brilliant. Shit. Prison reform. Uh, I'm going to give this a total do. You have to give it a do because it's the fucking reefer madness of dungeons and dragons. And it's got Tom Hanks in it. Yeah. And you American get to Treasure now two time Academy Award winning Tom Hanks. Yeah, now you get to say going Pardue whenever somebody's being an asshole <laughs> yeah. playing a board game. Yeah, I, I thought it was fantastic. A little slow. It's a, it's a slog, it's a but you gotta get there. Definitely made for TV in the eighties, yeah. but it it's worth it. Pay off. Uh last but not least, Jackie and I watched this uh on Netflix, which is kind of a fun thing now. Uh it's Space Mutiny. Via Mystery Science 3000, starring Reb Brown and Cameron Mitchell and John Philip Law. John Philip Law. And a grumpy face guy and a lady with an old lady with a show it off butt, I guess. I'm going to predict that this one is going to get a deal. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll start with you, Jackie. You saw the space mutiny. It was very forgettable. <laughs> <laughs> oh, directed by uh, David, David A. Pryor. No, David uh, Winters. Uh, David, yeah, David Winters. David Winters yeah. of AIP, the same company as uh, Pryor. Yeah. Yeah, don't remember this one. Uh, how could you not forget Space Mutiny? Buff Zip Pants. Trip Megalord. And yeah, this is not ringing a bell. Bicep. Cron man. No. Bicep Was I drunk? check my package. Yeah, right. Uh bullet mick toothface. No. I don't remember this at all. Yeah, I think you got wasted. Uh oh wait, this was the day that I, this was the night I almost passed out on the couch because I was super, super drunk and watched blow at five in the morning. No, this is when you were like, uh you need to go to bed. I'm like, okay. So, no, I didn't watch this one. No, oh, okay. All right, well, let me tell you about Space Because <laughs> you're the only one that watched it now. <laughs> uh, Space Mutiny, currently, as, as my last check, is number 57 on the IMDb Bottom 100. Oh, really? Yeah, Still? Little fun fact. Yeah. Uh, Sinker Madness favorite, Cameron Mitchell, uh, dresses up in a Santa beard. That makes him from the future, I sure, guess. Sure, why not? Uh, it stinks. Red Brown is a total fucking douche, as is tradition. Mm -hmm. And uh, they also open the 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 entire space sequence of them being in space, which is only about five minutes because I guess they just couldn't put it together, is just old footage from 1978's Battlestar Galactica. The entire time they are on the Battlestar Galactica, and there's fucking vipers flying in, and they don't even bother to call them like, the space rangers are back. They call them fucking vipers, like we wouldn't fucking notice. Are you kidding? This is 1988. It's 10 years after Battlestar Galactica 1978. 
what? It's still in syndication. I think they're doing it on purpose just because they're like, we're like Battlestar, right? Right. Right. right? You like that? No, I don't like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, here, I wouldn't give this a do. Really? Without Mystery Science Theater. Huh. Now, they are fucking fantastic in this episode. It is hilarious. So I'm going to give this, in this format, a total do. Sure. But by itself, oh my God, this thing is a pile of shit. That's too bad because I've been looking forward to seeing it. I haven't. I, haven't I think you should still it give it a go. Uh, sure. I mean, I was planning Science on Theater. doing it without Mystery Science ah, Theater. Man, I don't think you can. Huh. I think it would be an abort. I mean, huh. Borderline abort. Uh, there's some fun moments, and you can definitely riff it. But if you were to just sit there and watch a shitty space movie, God, there's a lot better stuff out there than this thing. Huh. It stinks. Hmm. It's a real bad movie. You know what this means then? Hmm. Means that I'm psychic. Two out of three. Yeah, that means you're psychic. Premonitions, people. Premonitions. Hmm. Okay. Uh, Sam, it's your movie this week. What have you brought for the wild card? Because I watched Iron Fist and I've been sort of completely uh, taken back by how many, how this is, there's any level of controversy to this completely bland milkshake of a show. Mm-hmm. Milkshakes. <laughs> exactly. The power to create milkshakes. Bam. Yes, yeah. this is a 10. A 10, totally. <laughs> no, I mean, it's the iron foot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so doing like, the great superpower right. debate. And we should probably explain this a little bit because I don't think Jackie's very familiar with the Iron Fist. Okay, so Iron Fist plunged his hands into a dragon and ripped out his heart. Okay. So now he has a magic hand. So I, this one stuck his foot up a dragon's butt and now he has a magic foot? Pretty much. Pretty much, yeah. You can write your own origin story. Yeah, exactly. But the the basic premise is, is that he can punch stuff like hard enough to knock over the Hulk if he needs to. Not mm-hmm. really anything beyond knocking the Hulk over, but it's still quite a feat. However, if he punches anything that hard, he's going to have to take a nap for like fucking three months. It's like down, left or right, and then up and A in Street Fighter. If, you, if you're Ryu, you do the... No, that's the leg kick. What's the tiger uppercut? That's uh, what's well, called the... Uh... The dragon punch. Yeah, the dragon punch. Your fist turns into a flame, and then you can punch hard. But only with one fist. Only one. In different incarnations of Iron Fist, he can use either hand, but in the classic, it's just the one hand. Right. Mm. Now you have Iron Foot. And he can heal with it, too. But I'm going to take something that is sort of dubious to begin with and then transfer it to a less useful part of your body. Uh, Kicking guys, though... But like, I wonder if you had prostate cancer. Could you just stick a toe up somebody's butt and be like, there you go? Well, can I finish my kicking guy's thought? No. Okay, like if you... Kicking somebody in the in the balls is already... You don't need an iron foot for that. But if you had an iron foot and you kick somebody in the balls... You could actually give them a couple of acres and send them into space. You would s- probably send them <laughs> into space. The balls, not the person. Their balls would actually shoot through the top of their head and they would be dead from it, but balls in space. So if you're like a police officer or something, you're just a normal police officer who knows Kung Fu or whatever. I don't think, I'm not adding the Kung Fu part. It's just the iron foot. Okay. All right. So basically you're the guy that gets to kick in the door. Yeah. And you got to take your shoe off to do it. That is true. You would have to take your shoe. Hold on. Hold on. Just a moment. Just a moment. I'm going to kick in the balls. Just a moment. 
what about like <laughs> soccer skills? Like you could blast that fucking soccer. No, ball. you just flatten the ball every time you kicked it. That's true. And you'd have to be barefoot. Yeah, that's true. Which I don't think you're allowed to play barefoot. Okay, all right, that's out. Uh, what if you were uh, a hockey player and you <laughs> you were trained yourself that you could like skate around on one foot, sort of, and you kicked the puck. That wouldn't make any sense. Well, you would still kick that puck real hard. Oh, yeah. You'd kill somebody. You'd get kicked out of hockey forever. (laughs) One game. But that one time. (laughs) Man, I've never seen a puck move like that. Okay, Jackie. I'm out of thoughts on the kicking thing. Why don't you go with your healing thing? Well, that was the only thing you can heal with a foot. You just kick somebody in the ass. No, you just stick your toe up there. Hold still. Well, that doesn't sound like it's a good thing for you. Yeah, but then... My it is, other does thought it transfer? Was, does it you know, transfer on, the healing powers, or can you just use it on yourself only? Anywhere you can get the bottom of your foot to okay, touch. All right, so, so you're yeah. not very flexible. Like it's not going to work out for you very good. Well, yeah. you don't. You're probably not going to give anybody any brain healing while they're standing. Sure, but uh, I think Jackie's prostate cancer does that. Does that work? Would you be able to cure somebody's prostate cancer? I don't. It seems like the. Uh, the healing of the iron fist is more immediate ailments like poison mm. or broken bones. Or so cuts. cancer, I think, is kind of out. A little tough. A little tough. Yeah. yeah. So if you had like a black eye, if somebody had a black eye, you could take your give us, shoe off. Give us the worst <laughs> case thing that you can do heel-wise. Gunshot wound. Oh, okay. That's pretty bad, dude. It's pretty bad. Okay. All right. What if it's in the ass, Jackie? <laughs> then you go. Your shoeless butt plug mm. toe man, go. Yep, that would work. What about like if they were in Starship Troopers and they were smushing bugs? You could totally kill a bug if you kicked it in the face. <laughs> you could. You just have to take your shoe off first. <laughs> and you could do that with yeah. your shoe on because they're fucking bugs. No, the big ones oh, that the come big. at you with oh, the stick. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you'd Legs. have to take your shoe. Why would you even wear a shoe? You'd pretty much never want to wear a shoe. You'd pretty have flip flops and you'd be like, flip flop power, and you'd kick it off and then you'd get somebody. So you're a hippie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That puts his feet on people. Right. Yeah, that's gross. Yeah. Uh-huh. Super gross. Hey, like, I got a black eye. Here's his whole still, man. Dirty foot right on your face. <laughs> <laughs> hey, could you clip the toenails? <coughs> oh, you got to clip the toenails. Nobody's going to let you get near them with these fucking, you know, foot foot claws. But you don't have to to have the super. No, you don't you have be to. Grody, man. You could be totally gross. Uh <laughs> I still, dude, I don't really care about the healing thing. Sure. Kicking stuff hard is pretty awesome. <laughs> I can think of a lot of scenarios where kicking stuff is going to work out for me. So I'm going to give this guy a fucking six and a half. Six and a half, Jackie. You know, I'm kind of thinking, you know, wonder if you need a parking spot. And there wasn't one. And it was really crowded. And some dude. dickwad parks in the last Bam. spot. Then you get out, take off your shoe, and just fuck up their an rig. Extra star, seven and a half for pulling uh, fried green tomatoes with your foot. Huh. Yeah, that would be cool. So I'm also going to give it a seven. All right, seven point two five. That's not bad. See, not yeah, that's bad. one of my higher ones. It is one of my higher ones. All right. Uh, tell us about Iron Fist. I mean, not Iron Fist. Iron Fist. Uh, uh, well, it might as well be. May as well be. I will punch that asteroid. Armageddon. Made in 1998. I've got a little joke. Okay. Knock, knock. Who's there? Armageddon. Armageddon who? Armageddon on your nerves yet? If not, give me another two and a half hours. Oh, my God. Jackie, (laughs) I'm going to stop you there, Sam. Why don't you tell your joke? (laughs) 
Hey, Sam. Sure. Have you heard about the movie Constipation? Nope. That's because it hasn't come out yet. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, continue. Well, despite the cumbersome length, it's finally time for Michael Bay to please step forward. This will also be Jerry Bruckheimer's first time on the show. Somehow, he will definitely be back as my next pick is going to be Con Air. Oh, I was just about to say, how have we not done Con, Con Air? Air yet? Yeah. The Con Air was the one that I was going to do until I was like, ah, Armageddon's not going to be on. They're not going to keep this on Netflix forever, so yeah. we should just do it now. Good enough. Uh, I'm sure he'll be back after that as his filmography reads like a movie critic's rogues gallery. Mm-hmm. The third member of the superstar filmmaking team, however, is Gail Ann Hurd. Hmm. Though more respected in critical circles, Gail is now a Stinker Madness three-timer. Oh, no. Yes, she also produced Dante's Peak and Punisher Warzone. Uh I do like the Dante's Peak. (laughs) I like the Punisher Warzone. I'll be damned. Uh, What's what's her good movies? Well, so she was early Cameron, uh, so she did like Terminator. The Abyss. The Abyss. Mm -hmm. There's some other Mm -hmm. ones in there that are not bad. And then Dante's Peak, she just turns to shit, starts working for Lionsgate. Yeah. Oh, I thought you said it was Twin Peaks. No, that's a show, Jackie. Yeah, Twin Peaks is good. Dante's Peak, not so oh, much. No, I don't like Dante's Peak, but yeah. I do like the Punisher series. Yeah. All right. Punisher well, meets Dale, Agent Dale Cooper <laughs> in Twin Peaks. <laughs> in Twin Peaks. I was all excited there for a second. Now that I know that it's Dante's Peak, I'm like, oh. Might be the, that might be the intro. I might bumper that next week. Punisher versus <laughs> Agent Dale Cooper. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> The screenplay, as you can imagine, was tackled by as many as nine individuals at various times, but it would appear that Hurd's husband and scribe of many stinkers, Jonathan Hesley, was on the front end, and Tony Gilroy and J.J. Abrams got into the action at some point, and Gilroy's written some good movies. I mean, the Born Identities are decent adaptations of fairly boring source material, so you hand him that, but he also adapted Michael Clayton, I think got nominated for an Academy Award. This guy's done good movies. He somehow got in here on Armageddon at one point or another. Mm-hmm. Michael Bay openly cites this as his worst film. He claims that he would have completely redone the third act if there was more time, which there was not. What's the third act? The third act of the movie. It's the one after the second. Yeah. Oh. It's this kind of all just runs together like diarrhea. <laughs> That's I'm actually about to get to that. Uh, <laughs> he did not breach his shooting schedule of 16 weeks. But did shoot one million feet of film in the project. That's enough to go to the moon and back 72 times. This would have two results. I don't have any math to back that, yeah. back that up. So this has two. Like I guess this is a thing. He says there's about two movies a year that shoot a million feet. And what happens is, is the execs from the studio immediately send you six bottles of Corbell. Oh, really? Yeah, Why wouldn't be- you just like. Because they're $10 bottles. That's leave like- the camera on then. What? Because you? What do you the, want? Six right, bottles the, of cor- it's fucking it's Corbell. It's an insult. <laughs> it's like this is your party. Six bottles of champagne for a one hundred and forty dollars filmmaking crew because you fucking spent all the money, dickhead. I'll tell you why. Because we're sitting in a basement right now, and if we had six bottles of champagne, this would turn into a real wild It'd party. It doesn't matter show. if it was Corbell or what. Remember that talking bird, <laughs> yeah. Corbell? I'd be doing that. I'd just be like in sunglasses in the dark, walking into the wall, going. Carbell. Yeah, if you can drink two bottles of champagne in a night, good night. Yikes. Oh, challenge accepted. (laughs) Next weekend, diarrhea and Corbell. (laughs) And speaking of the film being like diarrhea, as you said, the second result of the million foot, a million feet of 
film shot is that the average length to cut of every shot in this film is 1.5 seconds. Okay. What? So every, so the shot length, like there's long takes in movies. The average shot length in this movie is 1.5 seconds. That sucks. So one of us may have a seizure. Uh-huh. Or be diagnosed with ADD if, if we like it. Yeah. My God, man. Yeah. That's Although at the same time, I praise Zero Dark Thirty for the exact same fucking thing. So. It's not 1.5 seconds. It's probably yeah. like three to four seconds. Maybe. There's a lot of cuts in that film. Yeah. Yeah, that seems stupid. With the amazing success of Top Gun financially, as well as a Navy recruitment tool, Bruckheimer was able to get the cast and crew into NASA's facilities for filming. Later, NASA would use the film as a testing tool for new entries. New employees of the agency are shown the film and provided with a pen and paper and asked to list the scientific inaccuracies. At least 168 have been found to date. Uh, how about you just circle the whole thing? I know, but just like individual like circle. <laughs> 168 instances of scientific inaccuracy. I, I actually, that seems low to me. Does it? Yeah. That's, you know, from a few years ago. So maybe they're up to, you know, 215 or something. It's a lot. That's a lot. It's one per minute. It's over one per minute. Right. That's insane. Yeah, it's pretty bad. During film during filming, Ben Affleck asked Bay if it wouldn't be easier to teach astronauts how to drill rather than train drillers as astronaut. Bay's reply was to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Among I actually reading about this, you kind of have some sort of real I it was garnering admiration. For the sort of cat herding that mm -hmm. Michael Bay was able to do on this. Uh, another instance would be he picked Willis out as the obvious diva of the group. And he had the cast write their demand list on what would turn out to be the back of Bruce Willis's copy of the script. So that he would like see, uh, it didn't work because reportedly Willis would then demand a second trailer with a gym in it and then not use it once. <laughs> Uh, not to be outdone by Billy Bob Thornton, or not to be outdone, Billy Bob Thornton showed up with a whole backstory that he came up for his own character, and Bay wouldn't even try to stop him. He was just like, all right, cool, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> and he even gave him an auxiliary unit to shoot some footage, and some of it ends up in the movie. Oh so they, they keep the back. He's just like, whatever. Yeah. And then when you have this giant pile of shit that's a million feet long, he's like, where's the Thornton stuff? That's not bad. Put it in. <laughs> Um, so the final note of shenanigans that occurred once filming started would involve Steve Buscemi. Buscemi was really excited about the film for two reasons. Firstly, he would get to buy a bigger house. Mm -hmm. Secondly, it was the rare role where he wasn't playing the sleazy character. Yes. Though he would get the house. Someone on the creative team decided they needed to uh, write in some sleazy shit for Buscemi. I don't remember that, but okay. Yeah, you got the house, Steve. It's okay. You Should got be the a, house. Keep an eye out for. It's not really because it's, it's if I've only seen the movie once, but there's that like period before they blast off or whatever that everybody like and he's goes leering and, at Liv Tyler. Like, yeah, no, he goes yeah. and visits a fucking loan shark. Hmm. And listening to him talk about it, it was like a heartbreaker. He's like, "Yeah, Bashimi, just a world saving kind of guy." And then the you know the red pages show up that day. He's like, "What loan shark, you cocksuckers!" <laughs> like last minute. I'm not going through the extensive cast list or the ever-present Aerosmith in the soundtrack. Although it should be noted, the film 
will go on to be the biggest earner of 1998 with a $200, $200 million domestic and $550 million worldwide return against a $140 million budget. Which seems like mega small potatoes now. Now. But it was a real fucking big deal. Fucking big deal. So let's keep an eye out for one. Who do you want to punch the most? Ooh, that's going to be hard to not be Bruce Willis. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. It's going to be real hard. Mm-hmm. Two. Narrow down the 168 inaccuracies to your most glaring two. And the nuke is disqualified because it's the gorilla standing in the corner. Right. All right. Three. Does the romance between Affleck and Timer seem like or Affleck and Tyler seem like it's part of the movie? It was apparently added after the studio found out teenage girls were seeing Titanic 12 to 13 times at full ticket price. So while they're filming the movie, they're like, this Titanic shit is going crazy. We need to add a romance in here for teenage girls, which actually caused them to have to fly. Because Liv Tyler, I can't remember what other movie it was. She was working on a movie and was filming like fucking Croatia or something. Mm -hmm. So she's flying back and forth from Croatia to add the love scene to the love interest in this movie. Thanks, Mike. Yeah. What a a buddy. Also, the other really fucking weird Bruce Willis did this movie. He was in the middle of another movie that he hated. And so he was talking to at this point. It's like Disney that's in charge of all this shit. He's like, what do I got to do to get out of this movie in the middle of filming it? And they're like, well, you do Armageddon and then you do two more movies, which ended up being The Sixth Sense and Unbreakable. Hmm. So he just tanks this other movie that doesn't even exist anymore and gets on here and still demands a trailer with a gym and doesn't use it. Is this his first appearance on the show? Willis? Yeah. Bruce Willie? Yeah. I think it might be Bruce Willie's How first. How have we not done Hudson Hawk either? That's we, crazy. I thought we did do I Hudson Hawk. I feel no. like Hudson Hawk is genuinely funny. Uh, no, it stinks. I mean, huh. it's fine, but it stinks. Uh, anyways, we got we to gotta wrap this up. Uh, the movie is on Netflix, as Sam said, so check it out. Come back to us on Monday. In the meantime, get to the asteroid, please. Fans of Stinker Madness iTunes thinks you don't like us. What? How is that possible? Well, it's because you haven't given us a review yet. Go to Stinker Madness on iTunes and take just a couple seconds to rate and review us there. While you're at it, hit up Stitcher.com as well. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter at forward slash Stinker Madness and email us at talk at We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening and get to the chopper.